ओम ज्ञान ज्ञानंजन सरस्वती He says, "I am cheated. I am cheated. I am cheated without any doubt. I am cheated." Let me turn these fans down a bit. Lose my voice. Why? Because the whole world has become immersed. In Gora Ras means Gora Premaras, the the love of Krishna that was brought by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but Sparshopi Mamanabha, no, I I couldn't touch even a drop of that ocean of love of Krishna that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has brought. This is a Statement by Prabodhananda Saraswati, which appears in his collection of verses glorifying Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that is called Sri Chaitanya Chandramrita, the nectar of the moon of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in which he glorifies Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He glorifies the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He glorifies the process of bhakti given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in a, in a superlative manner. That he he is so bold to state that what value have even great teachers who who taught Vaikuntha bhakti? What what? What value have they given to the world? It's all in referring to Ramanuja, Madhva. And what, what what have they given? It's all insignificant in comparison to what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given. It's all it's all useless. He's so bold. He's to, he, he's so bold as to say that what value has the Varaha and Kurama and all these different avatars given? He's so bold to state that. What Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given is so valuable that even the contributions of even other avatars seem insignificant in comparison with that. So he he most ebulliently, enthusiastically glorifies Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, not fanatically. It's not his fanaticism. But he's just pointing out that what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given is so valuable that even that which is invaluable, Vaikuntha Bhakti, even that which is inc- incomparable to anything within the material world, even that seems insignificant in comparison to what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Has given. 
which is Baraja Jubati Bhavera Bhakati. He has revealed the loving emotional devotional service of the gopis of Vrindavan. Ramya Kachit Upasana Bhajavatubargenaya So this is the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's not we say it's not easy to understand, but it's not understandable at all. It's not a subject matter to be understood. It's not anything that can be understood. You can't go to school and learn about it and get a degree. And uh, you can, you can get, you can get a degree, but understand is not understandable by any method of the material world or even any method of the of any normal spiritual method. It's simply possible by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his devotees. And Prabodhananda Saraswati is obviously from his writings he's overflowing in Gora Premaras because no one but a devotee who has understood that by the by the method of by the non-material method of understanding, who is blessed to understand, no one but a devotee who has entered into that and who is gora gora prema rasa magna, who is absorbed in that, only he can write with such boldness. He can declare with such boldness. What value did Varaha, karma, what value did they give to the world? He's questioning even then. So he's undoubtedly a, a, a devotee on the very highest level of, of spiritual advancement, beyond our imaginations. But but he says that I'm cheated. I couldn't understand. I, I, I didn't get that. So we'll find this is a common theme in, in Gorya Vaishnav writings, that devotees who, they're describing the elevated stages of bhakti, but then they say that, well, I didn't get it. I missed out on it. There are so many examples. It's, it's uh, it, Lochandash Thakur describes Sri Sri Gaurnitai, Paramakaruna, Pahunduijana, Nitai Gaurachandra, Sabahavatas, Sara Shiromani, Kevala Anandakanda. These two lords, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda, they're the most merciful. Their process is all joyful. Uh, they're the, they're the, the topmost of all avatars. But then he goes on to say that, uh, um, what is that? Prashupaki joy parshashuni jaragonagata. Apana karama. Shamsare majya rohile pariya. Shepade nahilavash. That being absorbed in materialistic life uh, I'm, I'm taking pleasure in that and therefore I didn't my desire to attain the lotus feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda that did not awaken the apana karma bhundaya shamana kahaya lotananda so therefore uh, due to my sinful activities I'm, I'm, I'm taking the results of my sinful activities and therefore, I could not appreciate who are gone Although he's written with so much appreciation, 
Only a devotee can write like this. There's so much appreciation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But he says, I have no appreciation. This uh, Basu Ghosh, Vasudeva Ghosh also, in describing the glories of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gau Gau Puna Gorangera Guna, he's saying, chant again and again the glories of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but he himself about it, you chant, you appreciate who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but about myself, he says that Pashana Bidi Pashana Dir came on a Bashura Hia Pashana Dir Bidi came on a Goryanchi. He said, How is it that my the heart of myself, that Vidhi, Brahma, has made out of, seems to have made out of stone, therefore I could not appreciate. Who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? How has he done that? So this is a common thing that the devotees there will write that the whole world is dancing in love of Krishna by the grace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu but only I, the author of this song, only I am left out. So how is it that they can say like that? Well, they feel like that. It's not, it's not, it is to teach us but at the same time, that, that is the feeling of a topmost pure devotee, that I, I am cheated, I'm left out, I'm, I didn't get love of Krishna. Pure devotee never thinks, I have got love of Krishna. Pure devotee of Krishna doesn't go around telling everyone, I am a premi bhakta. I have got prem, and you just come and get it from here. Pure devotee never says like that. He says that I, 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 I'm just trying to learn. I'm just trying to understand. He never claims I'm great. And this, these writings of our great acharyas, by the grace of, we were just discussing this evening, Divya Saraswati, the consort of the Supreme Lord, she enters into the mouth and into the tongue of those who, and into the heart of those who desire to glorify the Supreme Lord. And in her external manifestation, Dushta Saraswati, she enters as the ability, Vajchaturi, the ability to juggle words, as Prabhupada used to say, and appear very intelligent and very intelligently perform the most foolish act that anyone could ever do, which is to avoid Krishna. So what we call intelligence in this material world is actually more foolishness. Because everyone in this material world is foolish because they're acting against our own self-interest by forgetting Krishna, that is the core activity, the basic activity in materialistic existence. And everyone is pursuing this, forgetfulness of Krishna. So when one becomes very intelligent and very expert in presenting various theories 
which directly or indirectly are meant for forgetting Krishna, they are praised by other persons as being very intelligent. And they are very intelligent in being foolish. So that sounds like a contradiction. It means actually they're not intelligent. What is called intelligence in material existence is a, a, a sophisticated foolishness, not actual intelligence. So, uh, such persons, they may be very mature intelligent, but they are compared to Shravidvara Hoshokharai. And they are praised, they are hogs, dogs, camels and asses. And they are praised by persons of the same category. Sangstuta Purusha Pashuhu. Persons who are apparently human beings, but have the consciousness of animals, praise other animalistic persons for their expertise in spinning webs of theories by which we can forget Krishna. But Divya Saraswati, yes, this ability to be apparently intelligent but actually very foolish, this comes from the external manifestation of Saraswati. Dushta Saraswati and Divya Saraswati is that uh, ability to praise Krishna without any personal motivation. So she gives the uh, intelligence and the ability to praise Krishna and the words of the devotees they are always imbued with the spirit antaranga shakti of Krishna. So what devotees speak and what non-devotees speak there is a very great difference. Because what devotees speak that has the power vidyate hridyagrantis chityante sarvasamshayaha what devotees speak that will break the attachments within the heart and and cut all our doubts. Whereas non-devotees, even they may be very learned scholars and they may they may theoretically be expert in explaining philosophy, but their words can never have that effect. In fact, if even if we hear about Krishna from non-devotees, the effect will not be that we become more attached to Krishna. The effect will be that we will become more attached to material life. It is not just what we say, but the, the consciousness that goes with it. So devotees are very expert in speaking. They're, they're speaking. Very expert in speaking means not speaking in a, a manner that is very entertain, entertaining to others, but that is beneficial to others. So we'll find that the words of the devotees, they can be appreciated by persons who are blessed by Krishna with understanding. Otherwise, the words of devotees, persons who are not designed to be devotees, then they cannot hear what devotees have to say. Even they hear, they hear the same words, but it gets distorted 
and polluted by the words of the devotees can never be distorted, but that is the, by the wicked consciousness of non-devotees who do not want to hear about Krishna, then they cannot hear. But those who have the preliminary qualification to hear about Krishna, Tadviti Pranipatena, Pariprashnena, Sevya, first qualification is submissiveness. Then Pariprashna, that this is Atato Brahma Jignasa, the desire to know what is the actual, what is actual reality. Then uh, Sevaya, those who are interested in service, those who are not just interested, will come and hear and we shall enjoy, we shall extract something. But rather one should be in the mood of service, selfless service. So such persons, they, they are blessed to begin to understand and the words of Shastra and the words of the Acharyas, they are unlimitedly deep and according to our Sivan Mukhe Hijivado according to the development of our level of desire to serve Krishna, this Sivan Mukta or desire to serve Krishna, the, the, the more that is developed, the more we can appreciate what the devotees are saying, what the Shastra is saying. If we are not Sivan Mukta, if we do not have the eagerness to serve Krishna, then what we hear from Shastra, that will be reinterpreted to make us more and more Bahyamuk. We, we are inimical to the service of Krishna. <clears throat> but if we see one book, we'll find Increasingly, as we hear and read Shastra, we'll find increasingly how the Krishna is revealing himself through those words. That's why we have the experience that we, we can read the same Shastras again and again. And each time we read, we find there are so many things there which we didn't find previously. We found so much previously and we're finding more and more. Mahatma Gandhi said that also about Bhagavad Gita. The more I read, the more I find. But he didn't find Krishna because he had no faith in Krishna. He wrote in his ridiculous autobiography, My Experiments with Truth, as Robert pointed out his title is ridiculous because truth is not something to be experimented with. The whole idea of experimenting with truth means that he has no he has not even the beginning fundamental idea of what the truth is. Nothing to be is nothing to be he thinks it's something like like some kind of laboratory research and then you do some experiment, you come to some stage and then you come to then you do some more, and then you come to another stage. It's the climbing up method, Arohana Panta, by which you can never, you can never, can never come up. Avarohana Panta. Let the knowledge come down. Then it can be understood. So in his ridiculous autobiography, let me just say autobiography, because... 
everyone in this material world is ridiculous. He wasn't particularly more ridiculous than anyone else. But he said that, I do not believe that any such person is Krishna, what they call Krishna ever existed. And why is it, what's the meaning of his reading Bhagavad Gita? He's famous for his Bhagavad Gita speeches. And he was shot at one of his prayer meetings. If he was a devotee, that wouldn't happen because Krishna protects his devotees. In the Christian religion, they have this idea of martyrs. You know this? And in Islam also, this jihad and jihadi and all this. But this, uh, there's no such concept in Vaishnava Dharma because it, Krishna protects his devotees. It's not that you have to die for your religion. What's the point? What's gained there? Krishna protects his devotees. So anyway, he said, he's saying, I get more and more out of Bhagavad Gita. What does he get? More and more mental speculation. D- different levels of mental speculation which take him further and further from Krishna. So, We can approach Krishna in various ways. And if we do so with envy, if we're very lucky, we might get the position of Putana. We're recommended to approach Krishna with the mood that you are the master, I am the servant. So if we do so, then we'll find in the Shastra and in the right in the words of our acharyas that they what instruction they're giving us. Fascinating. Hmm. What instruction they're giving us that can be appreciated by even beginning devotee and even the most advanced devotees. So, Prabodhananda Saraswati, he said, I am cheated. He's a, he's a topmost pure devotee. He's not cheated of love of Krishna because he, he is describing what is this that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has brought. He's all, he's, he is certainly Gora Prema Rasa Magna, absorbed in the loving devotion that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has brought. But he's feeling, I'm cheated of that. That is his ecstatic, loving devotion that he feels I'm cheated. But at our level, what should we think? That actually, why are we not? Uh, We've been given instruction. We've been given knowledge. Why are we not full in love of Krishna? Why are we not of course, we can say, but we're not feeling nayanam gadara shudhaya gadanam Why are our eyes not overflowing with tears? Why are our hairs on end, the hairs of our body not standing on end at the recitation of Krishna's name? Why is that? We are cheated. The love of Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has made it easily available, but we are cheated. We're not we're chanting, but we're not feeling, why not? Because we are cheated. Then who's cheating and what, what's going on? We are cheating ourselves. Where's the cheating? We are cheating ourselves. 
because even we're getting knowledge of and, and the opposite of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given, and we have the opportunity to take part in that, but we are deliberately maintaining our material attachments. That we have been given the greatest opportunity, even Brahmaradurlava Prem, but still we're attached, petty material attachments. We are cheating ourselves. We become upset if someone cheats us, isn't it? We're just saying that this doctor in Salem, he sold a plot of land to his friend. uh, uh, His friend saying, oh, I'm your friend, I want to build a house close to you, so please get this land to me. So he gave it to him at a hundred rupees square foot, and the same day he sold it for 120 rupees a square foot, and made 14 lakhs profit. And he was saying, I'm your friend, I want to build a house next to you. But he just completely cheated him. So if someone cheats you, you feel you feel very bad, isn't it? That, oh, how can they do that? You feel very... But we are cheating ourselves. If we take to Krishna consciousness, but we maintain material desires, and practically the whole, the whole material world, it's a place of the cheaters and the cheated. The most extraordinary thing is people feel you know, someone cheated me of 10 rupees. Even if you get cheated of 10 rupees, you, you don't feel very good. The other day we were in the auto rickshaw. A man was cheating us. And then I thought, and we were arguing with him. But anyway, I thought, anyway, it's 10, 20 rupees, not worth me arguing over this, but still you don't feel very nice because he's cheating. Anyway, give it to him, but you don't feel... But then if we're cheating our whole existence, people, they don't like to be cheated at 10 rupees, but they very eagerly accept someone who totally cheats them in their whole life. Just like here in Bangalore, we have some shabby color or some, some of the name, something like that. And uh, he's a shav. He's a living shav. He's, shav means a dead body. And ranka, I mean, ranka means anger. You should be angry at him. Because he's, he's cheating people. He's a love, peace, smile. I, my aim in life is to put a smile on everyone's face. He's, he's, he should be teaching. Yes, smile on your face means you have to chant Hare Krishna. Material life is miserable. Everything in this mature world is simply miserable because he's teaching personality development and all this. How to live in this world and be happy in this world, that is cheating. Because there is no happiness. If someone's teaching you how to be happy in this material world without Krishna consciousness, understanding that this material world is a place of misery, then it's simply cheating. But people like it because it's somewhat sophisticated and somewhat spiritual sounding cheating and people think, oh, I'm very spiritual. And it's not at all. It's just, they like to be cheated. Prabhupada pointed this out. That people like to be cheated. And no one will agree to that. No one will say, no, no, I don't like to be cheated. No one will agree that I like to be cheated. But Prabhupada pointed it out that people actually like to be cheated. And if this was not true, then all these bogus gurus could not exist. That there are all these bogus gurus proves 
that people actually like to be cheated. And, and the whole, uh, the whole modern life, people in India are, are so much eager that we shall develop the economy and become a superpower and it's all nonsense. There's no happiness in material life and especially this so-called progress. They've done it all in America and the whole society is completely sick. No one's, no one even, no one even thinks that the society is in a very good shape. It's, it's a disaster. 70% of Americans in their life take psychiatric treatment. The other 30% are either too crazy for treatment or they're just too, too stupid to realize they need it. Well, they can't afford it. They don't have, or whatever. Or maybe, uh, then everyone's crazy. Psychiatric treatment and then, what is it? There's the most, one of the most common drugs there is, uh, what's the name? I just Prozac. forgot it. Prozac, that's it. You heard from me before. It's a Prozac, it's antidepressant drug, and like half the population of America are taking Prozac, antidepressant. And here, but everyone in India is saying, oh, it's wonderful, we'll isn't it wonderful we're developing Bangalore? It means Bangalore used to be known as garden city, very peaceful, very calm, very nice, and now it's developed. And now you, you're afraid to go out at night because you might get murdered. And uh, it's all traffic jams and there's so much cheating and... and the, 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 Lab prices. Hmm? Lab prices? Land prices are so high and then, you know, the, all the, the the children don't respect their parents and they have no reason to anyway because their parents are just fool, acting foolishly. So, uh, is it really better? But people are thinking, that's just development, progress, this is wonderful. I saw last night, 8.30 at night, some lady or policewoman standing in the middle of traffic with all the pollution in her face, directing the traffic. And where are her She should be at home with her children. But, uh, because we develop, we believe in, women also have the right to stand in the middle of a traffic jam and <laughs> take in pollution. And they have the right to work. And in the meantime, their children are, her children are at home and there's no mother there. And this is called progress, we believe. You see, we're giving women rights. And, uh, what about the children? What about their right to have a mother? that they come home to. But that's, no, no, no. The children, we have for them the internet. You see, it's, they don't need a mother. They, they can get, they can go to, and see all, they can have all the naked women on the internet because there's no mother there to check them. So this is your progress. And don't be surprised when the, the kids walk into school and pull out a gun and start shooting 15 people because we want to be like America. So if they can do it in America, we can do it here too. This is your progress. Nasty civilization. You want to be like that? You're fools! Such fools! It's unbelievably foolish. But people want, we shall be cheated. They like it. Because so foolish. What is, also, we take to Krishna consciousness and still we're interested in 
modern life, he said that modern leaders will force you to work like hogs and dogs and camels and asses. They'll force you to work more and more. When I was a kid at, at school, they, they, what they taught us was that, well, in the next 20 years or so, we're going to have machines that do everything. They clean your house, they cook your food, they wash it. They already had machines done. They said they're going to have machines that do everything. And everyone will, there won't be any work for people to do. And therefore, we have to, it may be a major social problem in future that people have so much free time that we don't, they don't know what to do. They'll have too much leisure time. Did that ever happen? People are just working more and more and more and more. And this is, this is, they said that by progress, you'll have more free time. But the so-called progress, no one has any free time. And people are just working and working and working. And what's the point? And where's the self-realization? Where's the time? So, they go, they're so foolish chasing after this and thinking this is progress that they're able to think that someone like some shout like that rancor or whatever his name is. That this is oh, this is wonderful. He's just cheating. He has nothing, nothing to offer. He's what he's offering is a, an apparently spiritual version of materialism. There's no understanding of who who are we, who is the supreme Lord, what is our relationship. Nothing like that. It's just some gimmicky shows and some empty formula and people love it. Same thing. It's been going on for more than a hundred years. There was this, in Calcutta, this Jotomot, Totopot, and just some, just some, just like they teach the children nursery rhymes. So it's like that. It's some made up nursery rhyme. Jotomot, Totopot. It sounds nice. It sounds nice. So they have, a, what else they say? Manava Saver is Madhava Saver. Oh, this is wonderful. But there's no, there's no substance. It's just, it just brings us down to the material platform. But people like that. They say, oh, it's very spiritual. All the paths are the same. So my path is, oh, Manava Saver is And what is it? Work is worship. Oh, very good. So I just work and it's, but it just brings, in the name of spiritual life, it just brings you to the totally material platform. So people are thinking, Bharat Mata, we shall worship Bharat Mata by working hard and developing the economy. But it's nothing actually to do with what is our real necessity. That we are spirit soul, we are, we are jiva, we are part and parcel of Krishna. Avoiding this and talking, you may talk Upanishads and personality development and Atma Yoga and so many things. But without understanding this simple point that we're all part and parcel of Krishna and we're meant to surrender to Krishna, then it's all various methods of cheating ourselves and cheating others. And it's very much appreciated by people who are rascals because they don't want to surrender to Krishna. Namam Dushkriti Ramura 
Persons who are dushkuti, who are of sinful tendency, who are foolish, who are the lowest among mankind, Prabhupada explained this means that people, they're, they're working so hard, they say, I have no time to hear about Krishna, but they have time for so many other things. But they don't like to hear about that which is for their actual self-interest. If there's any little difficulty, they don't like to take it up. It's all... Or the, even they may take up to some extent. But when, when we hear that we have to give up our material attachments and fully surrender to Krishna, people don't like to hear this. Rather, there's a misconception that we can chant Hare Krishna and maintain our material attachments and just by chanting then we'll become purified. Or there's a misconception that that to be a Krishna conscious Grihastha means you just live like any other Grihastha and you're a vegetarian, you offer your food to Krishna and you, you're ambitious, materially ambitious and but, but it's all done in the name of Krishna. And this is what it means to be Krishna conscious. But that's actually the tenth offense, to, to maintain material attachments. But if we, if we just, we have all our material attachments, and we just pretend that it's spiritual, and doing it all for Krishna. But actually we're maintaining so many material desires, that chanting Hare Krishna like that, it won't purify us. Because our interest is not Krishnarte Akhilachishta. We are actually doing, we have, we have so many material desires that we are nourishing. So if we nourish material desires, then the result is not going to be spiritual desire. By nourishing material desires, then Krishna gives us the opportunity to fulfill them. How is that? Punarapi Jananam, Punarapi Maranam, Punarapi Janani Jatarishayanam. If we maintain material desires, then the result is that we get another body to fulfill them. And if we cultivate spiritual desires, that means the desire to satisfy Krishna, then only we are awarded a spiritual body with which to fulfill the, that desire. That desire should be how to satisfy Krishna's desires. Atmendriya priti vancha tare kam krishnendriya Preeti Vancha Dhare Premanam. There's a difference. Krishnendriya Preeti Icha Dhare Premanam. The desire to, to fulfill our own desires, that is called material lust. But the desire to do everything for the satisfaction of Krishna, that is called Prem. So we are in the situation of having material desires. And Krishna conscious means to be in the situation where we desire only to satisfy Krishna. But cultivating material desires can never give rise to spiritual desires. This is what the Sahajiyas say, Prakrita Sahajiya. They say that, well, you just chant Hare Krishna and God, Krishna is very merciful, so he'll give us praying. 
even though we're but we're we're very fallen, so we we're acting in a way according to our propensity, our present propensity. But we'll chant Hare Krishna and everything will come from that. But chanting Hare Krishna means the process of sadhana. Chanting Hare Krishna means that we should act in a manner to cultivate what is the meaning of chanting Hare Krishna. Krishna, oh energy of Krishna, please engage me in your service. So if, if we're deliberately cultivating material desires, then our chanting Hare Krishna, that will water the, the material desires. They will grow more and more. We have to consciously cultivate the spiritual desires, which is possible to do if we hear from devotees who have the spiritual desire, and that by their words, if we, if we actually want the spiritual desire, we have to hear those words which will infuse us with the desire to serve Krishna only and not serve uh, friends, country. what is it? Sutamita Ramani Samaji. Society, friendship and love. So the, the words of devotees that they, they cut the hard knot or the heart of material attachment. There's a difference between love of Krishna and love of friends, family, country, home, pet dog, my home, all these different things. There's a difference. There's a very great difference. They may appear to be the same, but the difference is that love of Krishna means selflessness, that I've completely given myself to Krishna. And love of matter means that we see everything as something for me to enjoy. Even if we think that my bhakti is something I'm doing principally for my own enjoyment, that even that becomes an obstacle in attaining actual bhakti. Bhakti means samjhananda visheshatma. It, it infuses the jiva with the bliss, which is the very nature of the jiva to be full of bliss. But as long as the jiva thinks that I shall get bliss by do, this is my main reason for performing bhakti, I shall be happy. Then the happiness will not come because it's a self-centered desire. And bhakti means to be free of self-centered desires. So self-centered desire, that is like a pishachi, like a witch. Bhukti Mukti. What is that? Bhukti Mukti Vancha Java Pishachi Vridi Bharatate. Tava Bhakti Sukhasyatra Katama Bhuda Yoga Ved. As long as the desires for personal enjoyment or for liberation, which is the other side of gross material enjoyment. They are like the pishachi, like the witch in the heart. As long as these desires are in the heart, then there's no question of 
as long as you're trying to get happiness from anything else apart from full surrender to Krishna, then the happiness of full surrender to Krishna will not take place. It's simple logic. If we're trying to get something else other than full surrender to Krishna, then we won't get full surrender to Krishna. Lions don't give birth to rabbits. And rabbits don't give birth to lions. We have to come in the parampara of the acharyas. To be in the parampara is not simply a matter. You, you go in and you get some initiation, some ceremony. It's not That's not becoming part of the parampara. Just formally be, having your name is so and so does. We become a member of the parampara by becoming Atmasat. This Bhattino Thakur. Koromore Atmasat. This is prayer to his guru. Means that our very being should be inseparable in purpose from that of the Acharyas. And Acharyas means those whose very purpose is inseparable from that of giving pleasure to Krishna. Means they, they even in their imagination, they cannot conceive of doing anything or thinking anything or saying anything which is outside the, the scope of anything but everything should be done for the pleasure of Krishna. Krishnate Akela Cheshta. So the, this is the meaning of Acharya, the Acharya Parampara. And so if we become our prayer to become Atmasat, to become in the same mood totally, that I have nothing but Krishna, service to Krishna through the Acharyas. If anything, cultivating any desire other than this, even in the name of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is simply cheating ourselves. If we get the, the high Anarpita Chiring Chirat, where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is brought, the love of Krishna, which was not available, was not offered, even in, throughout so many avatars, Kurama, Varaha, so many, they're coming. Even Krishna himself did not give love of Krishna as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did, and very easily. But if we don't take that as he is giving, then we are simply cheating ourselves. So what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given is the highest level of love of Krishna. And he's given a very easy method to attain it. We can very easily attain it. But the qualification must be there, Saralta. Saralta hi Vaishnavta. Simplicity means that is to be a Vaishnava. What is the opposite of that? Kapati. It's insincerity. Cheating ourselves and others. So, Vanchita Usri, Vanchita. We are simply cheating myself if I do not wholeheartedly accept the gift that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is wholeheartedly giving. 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart is Anya Hridayaman, Moraman Vrindavan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart is Vrindavan. Vrindavan means the place where the everything, even even the air, even the water, even the trees are, are fully saturated with the spirit of of loving service to Krishna. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart. So he's giving wholeheartedly. And sometimes that question comes up, that should devotees leave their bodily organs so that after they die, so people can use their eyes and their kidneys? Why give the eye to someone if they're not going to look at Look how to serve Krishna. Why, why, mm, a, why cooperate in their crime? Be a, become an accomplice in their crime of defying Krishna. So, heart, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving his heart. His heart is Vrindavan, he's giving. We have to wholeheartedly accept unconditional surrender. If we say, yes, I want to go to Vrindavan, but I want to bring... I, there's an important cricket match, so I want to bring my TV with me so I can watch them. And yeah, I'll serve Krishna with all my heart, but you know, when there's an India-Pakistan match, I have to watch them. Or just... Anyway, I have a little material desire. I just maintain a little bit. That's all. But no. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wants our whole heart and our whole heart means no cultivation of material desires. So material desires are there. We know, we recognize. We may not be able to give them up immediately, but we have to accept the process to give them up. At least we have to understand what is Krishna consciousness and what isn't. Because if we call something which is not Krishna consciousness, if we call that as Krishna consciousness, then it's cheating. We may like to cheat ourselves that, yes, I'm very Krishna conscious, and therefore label something which is not Krishna conscious. We know it's not, actually, but because we like to, we don't like to admit that I'm cheating myself, so we, we do a double cheating. We cheat ourselves by doing something which is not Krishna conscious, and we double cheat by saying that, actually, it's Krishna conscious. But what comes out of that is Shruti, Smriti, Purana, Adi, Pancharacha, Vidhing, Vina, Aikantiki, Haraya, Bhakti, Utpati, Aivakampati. If we take something which is not Krishna consciousness as described in all the Shastras and we call that Krishna consciousness, then instead of Krishna consciousness, it just makes disturbance in the path of bhakti. If people tell us that, yes, now for to become a better devotee, you have to have some psychological counseling or whatever, then this is utpath. This is not the path given by the Shastra or the Acharyas. And we think, well, it's very good and you get better. When you're, or you have to do some, you have to, you have to do this and you have to do that, then you can do bhakti better. You have to get a PhD and then, then you can do bhakti better. It's all cheating. It's not the actual path of bhakti. The actual path of bhakti is that which is given by the acharyas, which is given by Shastra. So, we may think, or we may like to introduce something that appeals to our 
mundane sense, even if it's mundane morality or mundane sense of what is right and wrong. Just like nowadays they have all these ideas in the, uh, on the auto rickshaws in Bombay, they've, they've, they've painted this thing, women empowerment. So you may think, yes, it's a very good idea. Women should be independent and allowed to do what they want. And the Shastras, they're very oppressive because they say that women should be controlled. And so you may think, yes, the modern ideas are very good. But that means we're uh, insulting the Shastra and the Acharyas and the tradition by thinking that this stinking society has got something better to offer us. That they know all the Acharyas and all the and Krishna and all the Shastras, they didn't know what they're talking about, but now our meat-eating psychologists in the West, they've understood, and they, we have to learn from them how women should run around free and have boyfriends and abortions and all this kind of thing, and this is good because they should be allowed to do what they like. No, no one should be allowed to do what they like. Everyone should do what Krishna likes. Do what you like means you do what you like, and you, you become a cat, a dog, a monkey. A monkey does what they like. They don't have any rules and regulations. Do what you like means you become a monkey, that's all. Human life is meant for responsibility, for dharma. Dharma means, even at the lowest level, dharma teaches us that we don't just act according to what we think we would like to do, but we have to act in a manner that is conducive for the ultimate benefit of everyone, according to the rules of dharma, not according to what Einstein and Freud think, but according to what Krishna thinks. So, it, we like to mix up all modern ideas, and this is bhakti. We think that we'll chant Hare Krishna, and uh, you know, what, everything in the modern world is wonderful, and we'll chant Hare Krishna, we'll get the best of both worlds. With the, if we say the best of both worlds, that means we think that there's something good in this world. There is nothing good in this world. The only good thing in this world is the opportunity to chant Hare Krishna and get out of it. If we're thinking there's anything good in this world, then we are simply cheating ourselves. Vanchitosmi, 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 Nasamshayama. So, why be cheated? Why not take what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given as it is? We don't need to change it or adjust it to the modern age. He's already given us the perfect path and his acharyas are coming again and again to teach us how to follow that. They teach us according to what all the previous acharyas, they don't teach anything different. They teach us all that we have to fully give ourselves to Krishna. This is the dharma of the jiva, this is the position of the jiva to fully surrender to Krishna. This is the only auspicious path for the jiva. There is nothing else auspicious. So if we are actually open-minded, we should open our mind to accept this and close our mind to all the rubbish which is being propagated. Rubbish means anything which is not teaching us how to surrender to Krishna. It's all cheating. Everyone is very busy cheating everyone else. Everyone is very busy convincing everyone else. You should be happy in material life. But it's all, everyone is big conspiracy. Everyone's cheating everyone else. This is the great, sometimes people are interested. Well, there's a big conspiracy 
with the Jews or someone. Yeah, it's all a, the whole material life. It's all a conspiracy. Everyone is just conspiring to cheat everyone else. The parents are cheating their children by telling you have to become materially advanced. They're cheating if they're not telling that the only purpose of human life is to surrender to Krishna. Is anything else then it's simply cheating, that's all. So don't be cheated. If you want, if you want you can be cheated. There's plenty of cheating and it goes on even in the name of Shastra and Bhakti and what to speak of in the name of materialistic life, which is openly materialistic. Nowadays in India people are openly materialistic. Previously they were piously materialistic and now they're impiously materialistic. But either it's like wet stool and dry stool. Wet stool stinks and dry stool doesn't stink, but it's both stool. So either pious materialism or impious materialism, it's all inauspicious. So don't be cheated. This is our suggestion. I'm told we're supposed to finish at 8.15 because people have come from a long way. Is it? Who's come from a long way? I did, but I don't have to go back. And who came from a long distance? How far? 15 kilometers. And there'll be traffic late at night because it's Saturday night. And everyone's going out to cheat themselves, <laughs> to enjoy material life, this so-called enjoyment. Nothing enjoyable. What's enjoyable? Going to some bar with so much noise and smoking and drinking. That's enjoyment. They call that enjoyment. But there'll be so many cheaters making traffic jams. At night. Now they'll just be going out. Uh, no, it's a little early, even, is it? For the enjoying crowd. What time do they... Maybe they start moving, what, 10 o'clock at night? I don't know. In the West, it's like that. Light, the, the night life begins about 10 o'clock at night. And then they come in, in our London center, center of London... You come out after Mongolati and they're all, they're finishing up the night. They're all screaming and urinating in the street. And all they're enjoying, they're finished enjoying them every night. The people have been out all night drinking and God knows what they're doing. And they, five o'clock, five thirty there. Because it's still dark and they, the last stragglers from the enjoyment of the and you can you just be in Mongolati it's so beautiful and so transcendental and Radha Landanishra it's a small town you're standing right in front of them and then you come out on the street and there's all these people who are just they're from hell the whole atmosphere is just like hell and there's broken bottles all over the street and sometimes there's blood all over the street and it's just hell it's what a contrast and that's their enjoyment and this is what India wants to be like. We shall, we shall be as degraded as the Westerners. We're catching up fast. 
most foolish. Indian people think they are very intelligent, but they are the most foolish people in the world because they have the greatest culture, that which is in their actual self-interest, and they are very enthusiastically throwing it out to follow the culture which is just like Prabhupada used to call like the cats and the dogs. So please don't be foolish. Take to Krishna conscious very seriously and try to help others also. They're misled. They're not no one's happy like this. They think it's being happy. Have fun, have a good time. No one's in the slightest bit happy. Actually, people in India they like this. The natural tendency to like this culture, Krishna consciousness, but due to bad propaganda. They're being misled. So try and help them. Distribute these books. These these books of Prabhupada. If anyone reads, they can immediately understand. This is not from this world. This is this is something completely different to everything we ever had before. Is there any question? Comment? Nothing. Many people ask that piety is helpful to devotional service. Well, it depends what you mean by piety. If it's mundane, punya karma, it's an obstacle. If you think I have to go to our the place of our family deity and offer something, that's an obstacle in bhakti. Or if you think I, I have to donate for opening a hospital, that's an obstacle in bhakti. It's against the principle of Krishnate Akila Cheshta. It's on the mundane platform. That won't help. That's an obstacle. Even to think like that is an obstacle in bhakti. Real piety means to chant Hare Krishna. Otherwise, mundane piety just leads to material birth again. Mundane piety is executed with the idea, I should enjoy this material world, I shall perform pious activities, and by the grace of God, I will get more opportunity to enjoy this material world very pleasantly. So it's an obstacle in bhakti. You want to say something? If some beggar on the street comes to us for giving arms, he's in a very pathetic condition. When they say that we should give them prasadam, don't give them money, but... The beggars in a pathetic condition, they dress up like that. And then they go home at night and, uh, you know, they, they turn on their color TV. And no, no, but some people are really like a leper. Or the lepers all have homes, but they don't like to live. They can go, but they don't like to live in their home because they want to beg and drink. Otherwise, there are facilities for Somebody lepers. Somebody who cannot walk. And give them prasadam. What else are you going to do for them? I, I don't have prasadam on the road like somebody is. Bring it with you. And we feel very uh, merciful on them. Huh? Yeah, they, they dress up like that. To make you... So otherwise, it's a business. Should we give them any uh, money or... Better you give them some prasadam. If you give them money, they're going to uh, use it for booze, mostly. Even they won't eat, but they'll drink. They will, Even if they don't have enough money for food, they'll use it for drink. 
That's because you're overly sentimental. You don't understand. It's they're playing on your sentiment to get money from you. It's all organized. They they they, they bring the beggars out and they pick them up in the evening and they share all the money. It's a business. You don't know that? You don't know? You're so foolish. Sorry. You're cheated. They, there's, there's these. Uh, it's all organized. They, they, all the lepers and the kids and the, the mothers with kids. They, they're, it's all organized and it's all a team. They have their spots. It's a well-organized business. They earn plenty. The average beggar earns 9,000 a month. They have to work hard for it too. But it's not, it's just playing on people's sentiments, that's all. So you can give them prasad. Many times you give them prasad and they don't want it actually. They're not hungry. They want money. And they'll use like they'll use that for booze and cigarettes and you know, I don't know, a new pair of high heel shoes or something. Difficult for you to believe, huh? Well, if you want to be cheated, it's up to you. That's another kind of cheating. I remember I was in Calcutta in the 1970s, and in those in Calcutta in the 1970s, most people didn't wear shoes, and these are you know, even people going to work because they didn't produce. They didn't have so much factories for producing shoes and this and many people didn't wear shoes. Then I came to Bombay. I saw even the beggars had shoes, and I thought, oh, "What are you begging for?" Even the, even the people who are earning money in Calcutta don't have shoes. <laughs> and you have shoes and you're begging. Shoes means this rubber flip-flop. So they used to make out of... It was very common they used to make out of rubber tires. Those are the cheapest shoes. They still make? I don't think so. They don't make. They used to hand make out of used tires. If they, if you give money and they use that for drinking, you have to take part of that karma. Think about it. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I knew this, but what if they don't use it for drinking? What would they do? What are you going to do? Follow them? See? I would think that if there's a genuine beggar, they'd, they'd be chased out by the company. The beggars have their spots. All right, and you can give. It's up to you. I'm not going to follow you around and tell you. It's up to you. If you you can give them, you know. Another thing, if you give them 25 paisa, they'll throw it back at you. <laughs> Nowadays, even if you give them a rupee, that many times they won't accept. So they're really, if they're really poor, then they should accept whatever you give them, right? 
They're very puffed up, actually. But if you give them something, then tell them, before they take you, tell them to say Hare Krishna. At least you get something out of them. Something for their benefit. Mahaprabhu, uh, somebody said that uh, we should share our wealth some 25% among relatives, 25% among friends, something like that. Some ratio is there. Srila Prabhupada said that. Based on Rupa Goswami, when he, how he shared his how he apportioned his wealth. You should know what is charity. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna describes his charity in the mode of goodness in, in Sadhagun, Rajagun, and Tamagun. Charity given to people in Tamagun does not give an auspicious result, either for the person who receives it or the person who gives it. Charity should be given to people who will use it in a manner that is auspicious for all of human society. Then you get the result of charity. You get a good result for you and for everyone else. If you give to people in Tamagun who are going to use it for drinking, then it's neither auspicious for you or for them or for anyone else to give anything to them. You're simply encouraging that which is inauspicious. All this mundane welfare work is simply it's encouraging that which is detrimental to human society. By, by, they say that manava saver is madav saver. They put so much emphasis on helping the bodies of people. It just helps people to be more in the bodily concept of life. That we have to help people. We have to donate our eyes. We have to. Of course, a Vaishnava is not totally callous to all these things. But at the same time, he knows what is... Just like if someone walking beside you slips and starts to fall, you might catch them and help them to stand up. It's not you don't say, well, that's just your body. You, you might help. But you have to see to what extent you're going to get involved. Because if you get more and more involved in helping the body, then it, then it takes up all your time and you don't really help people either. You, charity should be given, Bhaktisthana Zazritako said, only in as much as it helps people to awaken their propensity towards Krishna consciousness. Anything else is like feeding milk and bananas to a snake. It simply increases their poison. It's not good. So better you give up your mundane sentiment and act on the platform of knowledge. That's the whole point. That out of sentiment people do so many things which are not in their self-interest and they, they cheat themselves in this way. Bhakti means sentiment, loving sentiment for Krishna. But that has to be on the platform of knowledge. Otherwise we mistake our mundane sentiments for spiritual sentiments and vice versa. That's what's called Prakrita Sahajya. They mistake their mundane sentiments for bhakti. 
So to we have to develop our spiritual sentiment, but to distinguish between what is spiritual, what is material, we have to understand philosophically. That's why Shastra is there. That's why Gurus are there. To clear to help us clearly discriminate between what is spirit and what is matter. If we don't understand, then we can't make any spiritual advancement because we'll go on in the name of spiritual life acting on the material platform, acting with material motives. And we but we think it's spiritual. People think that it's spiritual to to sit and say Om or they think it's spiritual to give to to uh, lepers on the street or they think that it's spiritual to go to church and go home and eat chicken or they think it's spiritual to believe that God died for our sins and so many nonsense ideas but they don't know what spiritual means Therefore, Krishna teaches us Bhagavad Gita. So we can distinguish between what is spirit and what is matter. Otherwise, so many, you see, this major religion in the world believes that God dies. It's an essential, it's the, it's the central point of their faith that God died for our sins. God died? And what kind of religion is that? Their whole religion is based on the idea that God died. And what kind of God is that, that He dies? So many mistakes in, in Christianity. But people believe in it and they say, you just have to believe in Jesus. But no philosophy, just believe. You just believe and He will save you. Believe what and what He'll save you from is not very clear. Well, save from being thrown into hell forever. Because God who loves you so much, if you don't believe in Him, then He throws you into hell forever. This is foolishness. The nature of this material world is foolishness. Krishna gives us Bhagavad Gita to save us from foolishness. Do you have Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita as it is? Do you read it? Have you read it all? How long have you had it? Well, there you are. You read the newspaper regularly? You're getting your head filled up with nonsense. Better you read Bhagavad Gita. What do you want? You want to get born again and get in? Yeah, well, welcome to the material world again and again and again. I also read time to time. Not much. I mean, not for a few weeks, actually. When it's there, I might look at the headlines. The other day, I saw, we came into Bombay and I, I saw it. it was, I think it was the Marathi newspaper someone had. I looked at it and there was a picture of Sachin. I said, well, what's he doing? It's his 33rd birthday. I said, 
Well, if that's the front page news, and there's, certainly there's no need for me to look at anything else. <laughs> Definitely nothing of any in interest or import. So, they call that news. Anyway, it's up to you. If you want to get born again and again, and you know, become a cat, a dog, a pig, and sometimes Indra, sometimes Brahma, sometimes a worm in stool, it's up to you. And if you want, you can read Bhagavad Gita as it is, take it seriously, and go to Krishna. It's up to you. If you have faith that Bhagavad Gita is reality, then you should take it seriously. If you don't, then you can come from time to time to a program like this, and listen and think it's very nice and go back again and turn on your TV and do whatever else you're doing and you'll never make any real spiritual advancement. It's up to you. I hope you can take it seriously. Understand what is the importance of this. It's not it, it's a, it's not a light matter. Whatever we think of at the time of death, that determines our future births. So see what you're putting into your consciousness. We can't expect that we can cultivate material thoughts and get a spiritual result. It's not possible. As long as we're cultivating material knowledge and material thoughts, then we're simply preparing ourselves to get born again in this material world. But the problem is, the problem is you don't believe it. That's it. Yeah, that's why we're saying give it up and take up Bhagavad Gita. Why, uh, why increase the disease? But we're so used to being diseased that we think it's normal. We can't imagine what it's like not to be diseased. We're afraid. Oh, what will it be like if, I, if I'm not diseased? We, we, we think it's a normal condition to, be, to, to suffer anxiety and depression and struggle in this material life and have so many material desires and become frustrated and have friends and enemies. And we think it's normal. <laughs> So why don't you take up reading Bhagavad Gita as it is daily? You like to do that? You do? You still didn't finish after six years? How much do you read? I've been reading regularly for the last two years. You still didn't finish? Not every day, some days. Yeah, daily but not every day. <laughs> it's like saying I'm a vegetarian most of the time. <laughs> Please take it seriously. It's, you know, it's up to you. It's, it's your life. Krishna gives us some independence. We can simply pray that you either take up the intelligence to take this seriously or Maya gives you the kicks by which you might start to realize that material life is not at all wonderful and that you should take up Krishna consciousness more seriously. Maya will certainly give you the kicks in the form of repeated birth and death. 
and until we understand, until we take it seriously that I'm meant for serving Krishna. You'll go on. You may think I'm very comfortable now, everything's very nice, but it's just an illusion, is it? Millions of lifetimes of misery ahead for you. Not only you, everyone. I'm not cursing you, I'm just stating a fact. Unless we surrender to Krishna, we have to suffer. Unavoidable. That's the nature of material life. It's not enjoyable. If we think material life is enjoyable, we're simply cheated. If we think that there's anything to enjoy here, or even if we think I'm not enjoying now, but in future I'll make some adjustment and I will enjoy. It's all 